Christians. So I want to invite you as I have the opportunity to share with you this morning. This is the first time I get to preach on this Sunday morning and seeing how this goes. It might be the last. We'll see what happens, all right? So Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 11, if you want to open your Bibles. I'm going to be reading out of the NIV this morning. And if you're familiar with this time of the year where we recognize and we celebrate Easter, you'll probably be familiar with Palm Sunday. That's what we're celebrating today. That's why we have palm branches up here. That's why we had a wonderful uh, dramatic interpretation from Fernie about this encounter, this scene that we find in the book of Matthew. So Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. If you'll read along with me, it says this. As they approached Jerusalem... And came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you'll find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me, and if anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he'll send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet, Say to daughter Zion, See, your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey." The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred. And asked, who is this? And the crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Let's pray as we look into the word this morning. God, I just ask that you open and understand how this passage relates to us today. That this event that happened over 2,000 years ago, that is so symbolic and that began the most historic week in all of history that that matters to us today. And so I just pray that that as I have the opportunity to share this morning, that you would guide my words, but more importantly, that your spirit would just open hearts so that we could be passionate about our relationship with you and passionate about making a difference in our city and around the world for the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen. As we look at this passage, you might be familiar with it, and if you've been to church on Palm Sunday before, you've probably heard a lot of messages about this particular passage. And uh, it's interesting because the scene that's described is a bit of a parade scene, right? You've got Jesus, and he'd been doing ministry and doing amazing things out in the surrounding areas. But this was his first entrance into the center of the world at that time in history, into the city of Jerusalem, the big bustling city where everything was happening. Now, it's interesting because... Here at First Baptist, we got the wonderful opportunity of being located right here on a major street in our city. And as you all know, many holidays uh, include parades that pass right down the street, right next to this facility. Many of you have probably been to some of these parades, and uh, you'll know that there's police blockades for, for miles around this area. Uh, there's, there's, you know, security and, and people checking badges, and there's all these things happening. They've got lines of floats, marching bands, ROTC crews, all of the things that accompany a normal parade. And there's people, and, and the buzz spreads, and people are like, oh, are you going to the parade? And people line the streets, and they're excited to see this spectacle uh, in honor of something. And this parade scene that we just read here had a very different feel to it, right? No police blockades, no celebrity hosts drawing attention to the event. Really, there wasn't much planned. It was all very impromptu. It was all very improvisational as Jesus was entering. He even enters on one of the most humble 
forms of transportation, riding on a donkey with no blankets, no red carpet, no floats or marching bands before or after him. And so the followers that were aware of Jesus, they, they recognized, hey, this is something symbolic. And so they started doing what they could to make this entrance as grand as it could be. So they start piling cloaks on the ground. They start pulling branches off of the trees, just doing something to signify that this was an important event, an important symbol, because Jesus, the one they had been following, the one they had witnessed miracles and amazing things happen, was entering the center of the world at that time. And people needed to know about this, but very few actually did. If you look with me in verses 10 and 11 at the end of that passage that we read, let's look at that again because look what it says. It says, when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred, but they asked, who is this? So there's an interesting scene going on here that, there was a, that, that, that this was creating a stir, this was creating a buzz, but there was still a lack of awareness about who Jesus was. There's people saying, well, what is, what is this about? Who is this? But yet there was a buzz, there was a stirring, and the crowds, the people who knew, they were saying, this is Jesus, this is the prophet. This is the Lord. This is the Son of God. He's been preaching about the kingdom of God. He's been showing the power of God through miracles. People's lives are being changed. There was a stirring among them, and that stirring, that buzz, that excitement, this curiosity, this hope, this joy was spreading. What an amazing scene that must have been. And as I was reflecting on this this week, I thought about how awesome it would be in El Paso, for there to be a stirring around the whole city, that the whole city was stirred because of Jesus. And the cool thing is, and this is what we talked about this weekend with our youth, is that as a church, that's our call. As a church, as we come together as the body of Christ, as we have people from all age groups, all portions of society and backgrounds that through Christ and through our faith in Jesus, we are one in Christ and we're brought together as a family, but not just to be together here, but to stir the city because Jesus is in us and he's flowing out of us. What an amazing thing that would be is if here in El Paso, the city was stirred and asked, what, what, what's going on here? What's this about? I see people showing love and, and serving in different ways. I see, I see people meeting the needs of others. I see incredible unity and, and, and relationship among the people. What is this about? And we answer, this is about Jesus. It's because he's in us and he impacts our lives and he changes our lives. Wouldn't that be amazing? But here in this scene, it was a pretty small group that recognized who Jesus was. And I thought about our church here at First Baptist. We have several hundred members of our church that's great. But in the scope of the population of our city and of our area, that's a very small slice, right? But even if we zoom out a little bit, there's a lot of probably hundreds of Bible teaching Christian churches in our city. If we collected all the members together, that number would be in the tens of thousands. That's a lot of people who are in love with Jesus and who are together and, and are, are the church and are uniting to, to make a difference. But in the scope of the borderland population, that's a very small slice, just like this parade, it was a small group of those who knew Jesus and had experienced him. But even though they were small, they created a stirring because Jesus was involved. 
And his presence can always magnify and do way more than what we can on our own. And so as I just pondered this passage and thought about what to share with you all this morning, those two verses just stood out. That when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? And the crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. And how awesome would it be if you and I, as individuals, as families, but also as part of the church family here at First Baptist, part of the the church worldwide of believers in Jesus Christ could be the few that stirred the world, that stirred our cities, that stirred our school's campuses, that stirred our workplaces because of Jesus. If that excites you, if that stirs something in you, then we want to take a step forward with that. We want to make a difference. And so I'm going to share three points with you this morning that really tie into what we talked with our youth about this weekend with the together theme. Because if we really want to stir the city for the glory of God, we need to do it together. We need to join together as the family of God, as the church, and we need to be united in, in three particular things. Um, and the first one is to be unified on mission for God. We need to be together on a mission. It can't just be about church services or church events. We've got to be united, that we've got a mission in front of us, and that God has a purpose and a plan for us, and he wants to use you as a part of it. Each one of you is unique. Each one of you has a great gift that's given to you by God that you can use for the glory of God, for spreading his name and for impacting people's lives. If you want to turn with me to Romans chapter 15, I'm going to bounce around for a few verses here as we look at these three points of the three areas that we need to be together or united in. So we need to be united on mission for God. And in Romans chapter 15, verses 5 and 6, the Apostle Paul writes these words to encourage and to challenge this group of believers. Verses 5 and 6 of Romans 15 says, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. As those called together as a church, we're, we're called to be unified. You know, if you look at your translation of the Bible, some, some Bibles will have that phrase translated, a spirit of unity, Um, having one mind towards each other so that in one mind and one voice that, that united together with one purpose that we can go and serve and make a difference, that we are on a mission from God and that we're in that together. That doesn't mean we're all doing the same thing. And that's a good thing because so many different uh, strengths and and God gives us a different heart for different areas of need. You heard some of the students talk about going to the rescue mission and ministering to those who are are in a tough time of life or homeless. We We have so many opportunities in our city to impact so many different needs because the needs are many. And God stirs our heart and he gives you a heart for different things. But the purpose is all the same. And so even if you serve in this kind of ministry or you're reaching out to these kind of people or, or you're, you've got a real heart for this particular age group or, or section of life, that all of those things are still united. They're still together for the same purpose. And that's to bring people to the knowledge of the glory of God and a relationship with Jesus Christ. So we need to be unified on mission for God. And one of the things that I'm so excited about and impressed with with being a part of this church is how many different ministries to the community that this church has. And that's because of you all. 
That's because of people who have responded to the stirring of God in their life and saying, man, I want to do something about this. I see a need. Let's do something in the name of Jesus. Let's meet those needs. Let's impact people. Let's show the love of God. And it's so exciting to see so many different things happening around this city that have started by people here in this church. But there's still so much more out there, right? So as we continue to grow in our relationship with God, as we continue to let him lead us to be on mission for him and to seek his wisdom and guidance for where he wants us to make an impact, we can keep that unified mission for God to create a stirring in the city of El Paso. Are you guys still with me? Excellent. Flip over to Philippians chapter 2, just a few books over from Romans. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, give us a little bit of a picture of the next thing that we need to be make sure to be unified together in, and that's to be unified in serving one another. So there's one thing, it's a very important aspect of the church to be unified in, in being on mission uh, to those who are not in the church, but another awesome benefit of being in the family of God is that we've got each other to turn to from any situation that we're going through in life. We can pray for each other. We can support each other. If you remember the early church in Acts, it talked about them sharing everything with one another and meeting everyone's needs. That's a, that's a picture of us coming together, unified in serving one another. And in Philippians 2, verses 1 through 4, again, the words of the Apostle Paul to this church, giving them a perspective of an attitude that each of us needs to have so that we can serve one another in a unified way. It says this, it says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded and having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Listen to this part. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility, Value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. We need to be united or unified. We need to be together in serving one another. And to serve one another well, we need to consider others better than ourselves. We need to be aware that the needs of the people around you are more important than your needs. And when we shift our attitude and we unite together, making a commitment to each other to serve, to be there for each other, to walk with each other through the tough times, to celebrate through the good times, man, that service to one another, that creates a stirring. And those who don't know Jesus, they hear you talk about the support that you have from your church family, the way people have come around you to meet needs or to encourage you or to help you, and that creates a curiosity. And they're like, man, what are you guys about? Well, it's about Jesus. We're united. We love God, and therefore we love each other. We serve each other. We're there for each other. You need to come and be a part of that. It creates a stirring. It creates a curiosity. It creates a hope and an excitement, and it comes through being united in serving one another. And man, I've heard so many stories, even in the short time that I've been here, of you all telling me and, and my wife about how this church has just made a difference in your family, where you've gone through a tough time and people just surrounded you in prayer and in support. I've heard stories of just people just sharing incredible joys with one another and having just great friendships and that's a picture of the church. But in my years in ministry, I've also heard a lot of stories of, of people who've been deeply hurt or deeply let down by those around them. 
And so we have to understand that, man, if we're united in serving one another, it starts with having this mindset of considering others better than ourselves and that we look not only at our own interests but the interests of others. And if we unite together in that commitment, that's going to create a stir in this city and it's going to be for the glory of God. The final point I want to share with you uh, this morning is that we need to be unified in being welcoming to outsiders. Being welcoming to outsiders. If you turn with me to Colossians chapter 4, just flip uh, an, another book over from Philippians. We're kind of doing a quick little walk through, through some of the epistles uh, that Paul wrote. And in Colossians chapter 4, verses 5 and 6, again, Paul is talk, talking to a church. He's talking to a group of believers. And he's talking about the importance of how we interact with outsiders. And he says this in verses 5 and 6 of Colossians chapter 4. Be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity and let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. If we're united, if we're together on being a church that's on mission, that's serving one another, then naturally we will have a unified vision of being welcoming to those outside the church and having a heart and a passion to see those who don't know Jesus come to that faith in Christ and come into the family of God. But we need to be patient with that process because those who are separated from God, as they come into faith, sure, the old is gone and the new has come, but you and I know that we're on a journey, right? Just because of our faith in Jesus doesn't turn us around immediately and all of a sudden we've got everything together. And so when, when we're on mission and when we're serving one another and as people are stirred and people are drawn to Jesus and drawn into the church family, man, there's going to be some rough edges on people as they come here, right? I'm one of them. I'm one of them. And so are you. We've got to be welcoming to outsiders, and we've got to be patient with each other in our journey. And, and Paul is saying here that we can look at all of our interactions with those outside of the church as an opportunity, an opportunity to show the love of God and the plan that he has for everyone, regardless of where they are in their life, regardless of the choices that they've made, that God loves them as much as he loves you. And when we keep that mentality... And when we look at the people around us and see them the way that God sees us, man, what a welcoming place that becomes. It's like a magnet. People seeking acceptance and they're, they're trying to gain acceptance in everything in their life and they find it in the church. What an amazing opportunity that we have if we're mindful and united in our efforts to be welcoming to those who are not yet believers and those who are not yet in the church family. So think back with me to where we started in Matthew chapter 21 in this scene of Jesus entering the bustling city of Jerusalem and this humble parade, this humble entrance that signified something so much more. And that even though it was small and even though there wasn't a lot of awareness uh, yet, it was pointing to something greater and we're benefits of that today. It's pointing to what he did on the cross to give us an opportunity to be together with God, to have a relationship, but then to be part of what God wants to do. He wants to stir this city. He wants to stir the campuses in the city of El Paso, the workplaces, the neighborhoods, the families. He wants to stir it up with his presence. And we get to be a part of that. But we've got to be able to do it together. We've got to be unified 
to make a true impact for the glory of God and to reach the true potential that God has for not just this church, but for all believers to help others know Jesus and the amazing, incredible plan that he has for our lives and how he can uniquely use you and I and us together to literally change the world. I want to be a part of that. Do you? Let's pray. Father God, I just want to come before you in the name of Jesus thanking you for your word and thanking you for the things that we can see in it and the instructions that we can receive and and most importantly, the vision that you can give us for our lives to be bigger than just what we have in front of us, to be bigger than just our our jobs or our efforts in, in, in activities, but it's about something more. It's about serving you. It's being part of your family and it's being part of what you want to do to stir up the city that we're in, to stir up the world so that people would know that they can have a relationship with you through what Jesus has done for us. We want people to be curious about our faith. We want people to have hope and excitement and interest because of the way that we live out our faith in you. And so God, as we come together as a church and as we go out during the week, will you unify us on mission? Will you unify us in our attitude to put the interests of others above ourselves? And will you give us just a heart for those outside of your family that they would be drawn in? We know that you can do this in us and through us. And so we call upon you and ask you to do great things in Jesus' name. Amen. As we wrap up this morning, if you would like to come up and receive prayer. We'll be up here, and and if you want to come up and just pray before the altar, maybe something that was shared this morning just stirs your heart, and you want to make a commitment to the Lord this morning, we invite you to come up and do that as we close in worship.